Okay, okay, here we go. We're back. I know. You thought it was going to take a long time to get a next episode out, didn't you? Didn't you? You lying. Oh, you lying. You thought it was going to take a long time. But guess what? You wrong. Because we back. Persevere podcast. New week, new episode. And let me tell you something. This week's episode, I'm sitting down with a good friend of mine. His name's Aaron Cole. I call him AC. But nowadays, he goes by the culturepreneur. See, now Aaron, I like to call him a financial literacy and crypto specialist. He specializes in educating people about financial literacy as well as cryptocurrency. Now, Aaron is a former U-Sports football player, so he can talk that football. He can talk that U-Sports. You see what I'm saying? But in today's episode, we're going to scale it down a little bit and talk about the nitty-gritty of what it means to be financially literate while living a financially healthy lifestyle. Because you see, when the finances aren't good, that can cause a lot of stress. And I have a little saying I'm going to share with you right now. When there ain't no stress, everything is blessed. So sit back, relax, enjoy, and maybe even pull out a notebook and a notepad while you listen to this next episode with me and the Culturepreneur. Okay, okay. AC, A. Cole, Culturepreneur. First yeah, podcast. Yeah. Welcome, bro. Welcome, bro. Good to be sitting with you today. I'm excited. Thank you for bringing me on. It's, uh, it's exciting times that we're in. The world's changing and like, yo, we're at the forefront of this. So thank you for bringing me on. Okay, yo, thanks for being on, bro. Um, Aaron, bro, I've known you for a while. I've known you since like, what, 2015? Um, you, yeah. know, you know, I've known you for a while, bro. But really, truly in the last year and a half to two years is really when I started to know the the culturepreneur side of you, you see what I'm saying? Uh, I think, yeah. uh, I think that's, that's, your know, you know, become like, you know, something that you really, you know, dive yourself into deep when it comes to financial literacy, educating people on just whether it be financial literacy, whether it be crypto literacy, all that stuff, you know? And so really want to bring you on today because uh, one, obviously I know you have a lot to share with student athletes and current athletes and just students in general. Um, and then two, obviously, yeah. Like we talked about, we're living in exciting times. You see what I'm saying? A lot of stuff's going down right now. So I wanted to step into that. You know what I'm saying? So first thing, what I want to do is I want to give you a chance to just speak a little bit about yourself, what you do in the world of financial literacy and educating young adults. Yeah. So uh, thank you once again for bringing out. It's, 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 it's been a crazy evolution. Uh, like I said, we've been uh, knowing each other for quite a long time now, like since 2015. Started out playing the game of football. Uh, one of the best games on earth. And this is what I mean about it. It's truly is a brotherhood. You know what I mean? And, um, but yeah, like, you know, uh, besides that, like, you know, pretty much what I do is in the last couple of years, I've, uh, I've really become well dived, uh, well diverse into the field of cryptocurrency. Uh, I started pretty much uh, out just, just helping out with social media and uh, being an intern at Jointer, <coughs> Jointer DeFi Auctions, which is a smaller cryptocurrency. Uh, DeFi cryptocurrency got really uh, well adept in the field there and um, just really took the time to just really, you know, get dived into cryptocurrency and just kind of make it more consumable and easier to understand for the average person. Because uh, when I got started in 2017, I know that like I went through like a complete rabbit hole. Like <laughs> it was uh, such a such a it was a fun experience for me because, like, you know, I was looking forward to learning more and diving into this space, but definitely with a lot of the lingo and a lot of the uh, world that it's entered, you're combining finances and, and tech and people, uh, you know, have a hard time uh, understanding the tech world, let alone the finance world, which we're really starting to learn a lot more about nowadays as we have access to information on the web, thanks to the internet and decentralization in general. So uh, I've become a cryptocurrency educator. I currently uh, have a host like on a education platform myself called Crypto Nation, where we focus on educating people more about cryptocurrency, uh, in, in terms of how to trade it, how to store it, how to secure it, um, trends, and just like like you said, financial literacy, which is my biggest thing because, you know, um, not a lot of us were fortunate enough to have, you know, mentors or figures in our life who are really well knowledgeable, of it, well, who are very knowledgeable of uh, money and finances. And I really wanted to take the time to get more involved in that field because money and finances, me personally, money and finances, uh, I see it as the root of all oppression. So, in order to, 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 you know, give, claim our power back, I feel like under, understanding that and understanding how we can use that to leverage 
uh, our situations to whatever outcome we want to be. It all starts with financial literacy. So that's a little bit about me. That's a little about what I do. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> no, that's amazing, bro. Yo, don't say a little bit, bro. You do a lot. You do a lot. Don't, don't, say, a little bit, man. don't say a little bit. You do a lot, bro. Trust me. You do a lot. But that's amazing, man. Uh, listen, you just kind of spoke on how you started like your crypto journey back in 2017. I'm assuming kind of like 2017 may have been that year for you when you kind of stepped into the whole financial literacy, literacy thing slash cryptocurrency yeah. thing in general. Uh, what was it that really made you kind of say to yourself, damn, like, I want to look into this. I want to learn about this. I want to dive into this a little bit. What was that for you? What was that moment like for you? Okay. So it, it kind of, I would say it started off as kind of like a two-part journey. So Around 2017, that was around the time when uh, I really started to get involved in business. So uh, as, as, as you were aware of, you know, started a, a little small business with a couple of teammates of ours, The Motive, and uh, really excited to get involved in that space. And I was just very excited about entrepreneurship, finances, and everything like that going on. And ironically enough, like heard about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in about uh, March or April of 2017. So this was like, uh, yeah, quite a while then. And I pretty much, you know, my, my girlfriend's, uh, one of her, one of her cousin's, uh, husband basically like was like very well involved in cryptocurrency. He had a mining farm, uh, and they, they were, they were living quite nice. You know what I mean? So I was just like, what's this cryptocurrency thing? Like, like, what is that? Like Bitcoin, like you mean to tell me this guy was just a regular guy, regular GM one, three years ago. And then now he's, he's uh, living life in, in, in Barbados, like chocolate back and forth. So I'm like, okay, all right, all right. So let's, let's hear a little bit more about this Bitcoin thing. And then that's when they really started to break it down to me about how it's a new type of currency, store of value, everything like that. But at the time, I didn't really understand uh, what cryptocurrency was. I knew that, hey, like, yo, I seen it change their life. Uh, but like, ah, I can't afford a whole Bitcoin. And back then I thought I was late and I saw Bitcoin was at $3,000, let alone like, like, yeah, now where you're looking at, we had our all time highs of $63,000. And uh, now we're back at, I believe like $35,000 at the time of this recording. Uh, but like, just even back then I, because I wasn't too knowledgeable of it, uh, I literally, wa I didn't get involved and, and I watched it go from $3,000 all the way to $7,000. And that's when I, I, it was around October, end of the season. I seen this was at $7,000 again. Um, you know, OSAP is dried up. I'm like, yo, how am I going to make money? Like I had a couple of change that I, that I saved up, uh, but I'm like, okay, I need to, you know, get a job and just let me just put everything inside of this cryptocurrency thing, because I seen what happened over that short time frame. Uh, I really went and re got very researched in it after, you know, they told me about it. And I said, okay, I'm going to dive in. And everything was a wrap from there. <laughs> from that point, like, you know, um, I, at that time, I didn't really know what I was doing. And I would say one of the best things that ever happened to me was uh, getting involved at that point. Uh, I got involved near the top of the bubble, as people like to say, and uh, without getting too technical about the bull runs and everything like that, I got in near the top of that bull run. And even seeing uh, my funds, you know, I basically get depleted at that point. I knew because of what I saw, what I researched, what the true potential of cryptocurrency was. I just knew it was at an early state. And because of that experience of me going through without not knowing too much and, you know, experiencing the pain of making so much and <laughs> losing so much, it really made me humble myself and say, hey, you know what? That didn't happen by accident. I didn't get to lose anything like that. Like, I need to be more well-researched in this topic and understand it because uh, as I started to understand it way more, it was, um, it would just really, really just, uh, you really start to speak up to me, especially considering that um, we see issues with fiat currency at the moment where our money is becoming devalued more and more and more as we go on, they're printing more every day. And I didn't understand the full depth of that problem, but I knew it was a problem. So that's what kind of triggered my curiosity into become more educated into that space itself because hey i knew hey uh this is early it's still the future i might as well get on top of this because this is something that can change the course of our history and i truly do believe that so uh, so that's kind of what got me involved there and then after that uh yeah just pretty much just started to pursue more entrepreneurship and um and become more financially literate as time went on by because uh, like I said, it's one of the one of the most important skills I feel like we can learn in our life, no matter what 
we want to do. Um, we all have to have some understanding of finances in general in order to be able to do whatever we want to do in our life. So that's pretty much like the nutshell of how I got involved and, you know, what kind of pushed me to keep going in that. That's amazing, bro. And, um, you know, kind of listening to your story, what's really cool about your story is that you got involved in this stuff while you were in school, right? Mm-hmm. Like while you were in the thick of it with your studies, while you were in the thick of it with your OSAP, student loans, all that stuff. <laughs> right? So I, I really want to ask a question that I feel like a lot of students and student athletes can kind of draw from, right? So can you speak a little bit on the importance of why, you know, people should you know, whether it be crypto, whether it be just their plain old finances, whether it be learning how to save, can you just speak on the importance of why people should get into these things while they're in school, while they're in the thick of it, as opposed to waiting until they're done school, graduated in the real world? Oh, for sure. Like, I think it's very important. And this is even something that like, uh, I was working with, with a couple of younger, younger guys as well to entering before high school, uh, just because like, while you're in the process of learning about how finances work, it's, uh, it's, it sets you up with a foundation for when you exit university, because a lot of people, I, I've seen it happen to people, uh, our, 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 <clears throat> our peers, and also, you know, uh, our, our other classmates who are older than us and everything like that, where they kind of came into university, uh, they did what they had to do in the four years, five years, and then they got spat out, and now they're in a chunk of debt, they didn't know how to pay it off. They were, they either weren't working or working at places they didn't necessarily want to work because they didn't line up their career prospects or, or what they were looking to do after the fact. So what, the more I started to dive into understanding how money worked and how, um, and understanding the four different classes of, uh, of basically just breaking down capitalism, because in a nutshell, like what I did to help me understand money more is because I grew up in an environment where I kind of had like, even though I understood, I was always hustled. I had kind of like this resentment towards money. I was, was taught money is the root of all evil. Money is the root of all evil. But as I started to study uh, all the systems more, like I looked at socialism, I looked at capitalism, I looked at uh, Marxism, all of these different systems. And I started to understand as, as I got a broad perspective, understand how it worked. Then I understood that this is uh, just diving in and, and learning about finances will teach you how to be your own sovereign individual and, and uh, understand how to take care of yourself. Finances, learning about your finances while you're in school, once again, will teach you about understanding good and bad debt and how to get into good financial situations. Because uh, once you come in, you, you, most people into university, they get their credit card or they get their OSAP and then all they know is spend, 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 spend. But if you were to have a plan and if you were to understand how to put it into good, good debt. And which is like, you know, you could be starting a business or a side hustle or, or uh, uh, just getting some sort of supplementary income going while you're in school. At the same time, you could use that to help eventually help pay off your student loan or not have to go into the workforce right away. Or, you know, how everyone talks about going on vacation after they graduate. These are the type of things that by understanding finances, you can be able to better plan be better equipped with the knowledge in order to act on your wishes at the end of the day, because we all have goals. We all have things you want to achieve, but uh, at the end of the day, it all comes down to money. So if you understand, you know, your financial statements, what to invest in, what makes a good investment, what makes a bad investment and how to minimize your spending, then you can leverage that and build a sick foundation before you even leave school and not even have to worry about your debt, pay off your debt in, in two years if if you're really playing it wise. Yo, the idea of paying off your debt in two years, like that's a dream for lots of people, you know what I'm saying? But uh, mm-hmm. truly, like you say a lot of, you say a lot of good things there. I just want to add to that and say like, listen, like for a lot yeah. of people listening to this, the information's out there. You just have to go get it. You see what I'm saying? Like you have to do your research, right? Like, like bro, you're a great example. You did all your research and like, now you're in a space now where you're teaching people how to do this, right? Um, yeah. The thing is, like, there's not enough people out there that are teaching, you know, young students these things, right? And unfortunately, like, when we're in school, no one's going to tell us these things, right? Like, yeah. profs aren't going to tell us these things. Uh, unfortunately, in a lot of cases, our coaches aren't going to tell us these things, right? So who do we have to turn to? Really, we have our, just ourselves to turn to, you know what I'm saying? So I think, you know, you can echo this as well, like, 
research is so important. You know, take the time to just do that research because even if it's just an hour of research or 30 minutes of research, it can go a long way in changing your future, right? So I, I really, that really just resonated with me when you were talking because I was like, man, like when I was in school, I wish so many people, I, I wish someone had told me some of these things, right? And I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people are in that same position as well. For sure. And like, that's even a big part of what, why I do what I do now. Like, like one of my models, like, you know, a lot of people ask me, they're like, yo, like you put out like crazy information. It's just like, yo, like, why do you do this? And I'm like, man, like, like you said it, no one did it for me. And at the end of the day, like, I don't know who I'm affecting, like with my content or what I put out and if they learned something, but I always want to put my best foot forward and say, yo, no one could ever look me in the face and say, I didn't tell them. I'm no, like I, everything I learned, like I, ha I have a whole catalog of books. I have a whole lot of catalog. I do a lot of research and information. Everything I do, I, I, I consume it and I spit it back out in nice chunked up pieces, perfectly cut so that people can consume it a lot easier because I want to make it that easy for people to just, just grasp it. Because at the end of the day, like um, our life is a result of choices and everything is choice. You, you choose to not consume the information now because we have access to the internet and this smartphone, which is the most powerful thing. But what are we choosing to do on there, right? We're choosing to watch world star hip hop. We're choosing to uh, uh, just, and not saying nothing's wrong with like always watching sports, but like, you know, you can watch sports and still learn about finance. You can watch play sports to learn about finance. You can play sports to learn about research, researching because like it makes you that much more well-rounded of an individual. Because at the end of the day, one of the biggest things is as an athlete, you know, you're more than an athlete. We're only an athlete for as long as our body can keep up, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, or like uh, our, our space can keep up. So at the end of the day, um, it, I feel like it even helps like with like converting it into knowledge of your game. Because like, I feel like I look at the crap, like a lot of the way I started studying money and everything is because I looked at studying money and, and finances and investing as the way like I would look at film. Like if I'm looking at film, uh, I, like I'm looking for, okay, what, what did I do here? How did I mess up the coverage? Uh, what, what, what could I have done, uh, done better on here? What was the, what was my, what was my, what, my, my defensive partner to the right of me uh, doing at there? How could we, could have communicate, communicated better? But if you start applying that, those sort of concepts, like how we look at sports and breaking those concepts down, then you could do the same thing with your finances. How, how could I could have saved a, a dollar here? How could I have, you know, um, uh, took the, lowered my expenses and used it to pay off uh, consumer debt and so forth and so forth. So it's just um, coming at it with like, you know, a coachable mindset because at the end of the day, you're not going to be willing to receive the information if you're not open to being coached on it or even uh, understanding that, hey, you're not perfect. And everyone has something to learn. I have something to learn. Everyone does, right? Absolutely, man. Yo, as you were kind of going over the uh, the film aspect of things, I was just getting like these memories. Too much cut and carry, man. A lot of cut and carry. <laughs> Yo. Too much cut and carry. Too much hold, man. Holy, too much green, too much red. Anyways, people don't know what we talk about. Some people don't, whatever. But um, Aaron, <laughs> you talked about the content you put out. You put out some great content. Can you just tell people real quick right now and then we'll tell them at the end. Tell them right now, where can they, you know, see some of your content? Yeah, you can find me on multiple platforms. Like I'm on Twitter uh, and Instagram at culturepreneur. So a culture, but with a three instead of an E and then printer. And then on TikTok, it's just culturepreneur with the e, with the regular letter E. Uh, I'll drop you links as well too. Uh, so you guys can find us there. Uh, and then, yeah, like I'm working on getting my YouTube set up very shortly so I can start like uh, doing some more educational content there. But yeah, uh, I put up content on mainly on those three platforms. My DMs are open. I'm always asking, answering questions and uh, just helping to help looking to help people get the information they need to, you know, be successful in those areas of, you know, financing and especially cryptocurrency. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to, we're going to link those, uh, we're going to link those uh, social media accounts so people can see that people can, you know, go to those channels because again, right. It's helping a lot of people. All right. So here we go. Next question, bro. Next question. I got two more questions for you. Three more questions. Yeah. And then we'll get into some, some real talk. Nice. Um, okay. What's one financial mistake that you see students often make while they're in school? Ooh, okay, wow. Uh, one financial mistake I would say is not uh, budgeting at all. 
So not budgeting is one of the craziest things that I, I see all the time because what happens is OSAP gives people, well, majority of the students who are, are, are going to school, there are, a lot of them are on OSAP for the most part or whatever student, uh, student loan, uh, wherever everyone's watching from uh, here so across Canada. But uh, pretty much like, you know, once you get that lump sum amount of money, a lot of it, if you really budget your money accordingly and set out how much you're going to spend on groceries, how much you're going to spend on entertainment, how much you're going to spend on your, your phone bill, your this bill, or whatever uh, expenses you might have. If you were to do that, you can maximize your OSAP money because think about it like this. Money in a sense is just, uh, there's only a couple ways money can be created and money is really debt and taxes. So one of the ways to generate money is through student loans, mortgages, car loans. Uh, uh, what else? What else another one? Or just like just general um, credit cards, um, cre line of credits. And a student loan is one of the only loans that you get where you're not paying like four point, uh, you're not paying high interest rates on it. So if you can budget yourself accordingly, minimize your expenses and still and manage to keep your expenses low, not only can you invest your money, but you can also use that money to, to, you know, start a side hustle. Let's say if you're creative, now you can buy your laptop or your equipment and now you can start creating more content, reaching out to people, doing things like that. Uh, or, or if you're, if you, if you want to just like, you know, just be very passive, now you can, you know, maybe if you want bankrupt, then you can put in a GIC or even, you know, a index fund or mutual fund. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you just budget that accordingly and just keep putting in slowly and slowly and slowly and slowly and keeping your expenses to a minimum, then that's something that can really, uh, you know, go a long way. But the problem is, uh, we call them uh, OSAP Rockies. We get a lot of OSAP Rockies. When OSAP comes to, we have people, they want to flex, they buy shoes, they buy this. Uh, they take 1,700 girls on dates. They're buying this new makeup line. Like they, it's just because uh, we have to unlearn a lot of our consumerism habits. And like, if you want to focus on your long-term goal, you have to first understand how to budget because there's a lot of people that say they want a million dollars they want a hundred they want a hundred thousand dollars they want five hundred thousand dollars but like yo why would god trust you with five hundred thousand dollars if you can't even manage 500 right so that's how i feel about it and even if you don't believe in in god or anything like that this why why would universe how would the universe trust you with that if you can't even like 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 you know work with that you know what i mean so you just have to look about think about it in in perspective and say hey you know what can I do to control that? And at the end of the day, understand that uh, all things are in life in terms of finances is there's uh, assets and liabilities. Assets provide you income, income take away income. And once you learn to have more assets than liabilities, then you'll take yourself a long way. So budgeting is the basis of that, I would say. So that's the number one thing people need to start practicing way more. Budgeting. And try not to be an OSAP Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I think we both knew a lot of OSAP Rockies back in the day. Everybody knows the OSAP Rocky. Everybody, Everybody knows the OSAP Rocky. <laughs> okay. All right. So next question. So I know you're big on generational wealth, right? I know you're big on yeah. I know you're big on the the idea of, you know, setting yourself up now so that your family down the line your children, your grandchildren, and everyone else down the line can prosper. I know that's what you're about, right? What are some yeah. things that students can look into today to maybe put themselves in a better financial situation tomorrow and sort of start tapping into creating that generational wealth? Okay, so yeah, one of the things I would say people could tap in today is to understand something as basic as the cash flow quadrant. So uh, this is a this is a book by Robert Kiyosaki. This is one book I'd recommend. But if you haven't read his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, then I would start there and then work to Cashflow Quadrant. But if you're more so familiar with content, I would go straight to Cashflow Quadrant. And basically, just to break that down, it's basically breaking down where people fit in society in the sense of like the economic sphere. So there is, uh, he, he breaks it into four categories called ESBI. So there's E for employees. Uh, S for small business or, or, or self-employed, uh, B for big business or brand, meaning you have more than uh, 200 employees. Uh, and then there is uh, inside investors. 
So inside investors, people who arrange like equity deals. So like venture capitalists, stuff like that, or people who even invest in the stock market, stuff like that, right? And uh, the reason why I would say to break that down is because it's first about understanding what side of the quadrant you want to be on. So the right side of big business and slash brands and, and inside investors, those are the entrepreneurs. So these are like the people who are venture capitalists. This is like the uh, the, the Elon Musk, the real estate uh, mogul, the real estate guys who, who, who make a lot of uh, real estate plays or, or even, um, you know, some advisors, stuff like that. Um, and who else on the, on that side? And, um, you know, like bigger brands, like what's a, what's a fairly big brand here? Uh, like Nike, Gatorade, stuff like that. Like those are bigger brands, but obviously it, it doesn't have to be that big, but <laughs> it starts to be relatively big. But um, then there's the side of, of self-employed or small business or even employees. And the reason why I say to understand that is because on the left side with small business side and employee side, this is where majority of the taxes are paid, right? Because they have less protection against uh, taxes because the right side, which is the, the business owners, stuff like that, they have access to all the grants. They have access to all the tax breaks because they're the ones employing people and they're the ones uh, basically acting in a way that, that is productive to the economy. So that's the reason why it's kind of a lot, but that's the reason why I said I'd break down, uh, I'd take a deeper dive into that book, Cashflow Quadrant, and break down what side of the quadrant you want to be on because there's advantages to every quadrant. But at the end of the day, um, the rules are different on each side. So on the left side, uh, there's ways that you can protect yourself and invest your money just by doing things like, uh, you know, getting involved with like, you know, your RRSPs, your, your TFSAs or investing in, uh, in uh, index funds, things like that, versus like the inside deal guys, those are the guys uh, and, and gals who are, who are pretty much like uh, arranging their own deals. Like they're the ones going in, hooking up their own uh, real estate deals and uh, connecting with this partner, that partner. And because of that, and because of the fact that they employ tons of people, they're able to get different breaks. So it's just figuring out what person do you wanna be? Do you want uh, financial security or do you want financial freedom? So once you break down what you want, because everyone, they all has a role to play and, we, and it's not, not, everything's not for everyone. It's just about figuring out what you like, you know what I mean? And what makes sense for you. So my number one advice, check out that book. So. <laughs> hey, you put me on, I know you put me on Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You put me on that book. I read that book. Amazing book. Right. And so that's my next book right now. Cashflow Quadrant. Um, you know what I'm saying? I know you give good book suggestions. So yeah. <laughs> I, I doubt it. But for listening to this, uh, check out that book for real. Check out those two books for real. Rich Dad Poor Dad is really, really good. I'm going to give Cashflow Quadrant a read. Um, so check those out for sure. All right. So, yo, first off, thank you for yep. that. I, I, I love that. Like, you know, there was a lot of stuff in there for students, a lot of stuff in there for student athletes. People are going to take away from this. You see what I'm saying? So that's the goal. For sure. but, now, but now I want to get into some of the, like the actual news, news, news. You see what I'm saying? So yep. bro. Okay. Here we go. Big news in Canada this week in Canada, Canadian sports. All right. So this week, the Canadian elite basketball league, the CEBL announced that they are becoming the first professional sports league in North America to offer Bitcoin salaries to their athletes. So athletes wow. in the CEBL could choose between having obviously the normal cash salary or receiving their salary in Bitcoin. This is big. And so when Major. I, yeah, so when I first heard about this, I instantly thought about you. I'm like, listen, I got to get a Cole. I got to get the culturepreneur on this podcast right now. <laughs> Because I need to hear his thoughts on this, right? I know this is stuff you love, right? So right off the bat, A. Cole, AC, what are your thoughts on this news? So first of all, this is like huge for even just getting the CEB, uh, the, the, the Canadian Basketball League's uh, just name out there. Like, honestly speaking, like this is history in the making. Like no other sports league has done that. And to be the absolute first, huge. So just seeing that, it's just like, that's, li we literally witnessed Canadian sports history right there. So like, that's literally Canadian sports history. And it's just crazy to see how, how this is like, like we're kind of talk about it like earlier. And it's just like, man, like it's the first domino effect, like of, of a lot of things going on, even for just 
regular employers to start paying people in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and that. And that's what's the, the true amazing part of it is, is because it's very, it's legitimizing the space because a lot of this space right now, because how I see Bitcoin and cryptocurrency right now, it's like being in the 1980s of the internet. So when the internet first came out in the 19, uh, well, I, it came out earlier, but when it first got popularized in the 1980s and 90s and everything like that, a lot of people saw these internet companies popping up and they said, yeah, it's a bubble, it's a scam. While there were some that, that did fail out, but look what came from that generation. We had Google, Amazon, uh, Facebook was later on in that generation, Yahoo, eBay, all of these different companies that were coming out of that generation. We're at that point now again, but just with the decentralized internet, starting with Bitcoin, uh, which is the godfather of it all. So just to see that happen, is just, it's so amazing because now this is like, it's a huge cultural moment that can cause a, a basically a ripple effect that can lead to many other sports. Maybe now, maybe the D-League might make a, take a look at it. Maybe the NBA might take a look at it. Maybe the NFL will start taking a look at it because of the other factors with the other players as well, too. Uh, maybe even like, you know, European soccer as well, too. Like you know, the, in, the one thing what I notice in a lot of these financial markets, especially when they're new, Nobody wants to be first, but nobody wants to be last. So that's the thing. So the more people that start to join on is the more people that we're going to start seeing, picking this up as a legitimate currency, as a legitimate option, because it's considered currency across many other countries and it's accepted in many other fields. Uh, but just to see this starting to go a lot more mainstream and to pay these athletes, basically, it's basically like getting paid three times because over the course of the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, like, uh, it's going to be exciting to see uh, a lot where a lot of the projections are going with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. So it's almost like they got paid twice. So this is a win for the players. This is a win for the league. This is a win for Canadian sports. This is a win for Canadian basketball. This is a, <laughs> this is a win for Canadian. Like, this is just a win. There's no else. Like, there's no else. Like, this is just, like, one of the most exciting moments, like, to, uh, for me, like personally, I think it's one of the most exciting moments I've seen in a while uh, in this space, especially considering that like it combines some of the things that I love the most sports and cryptocurrency. So, man, like uh, I'm excited to see where this goes and what, what happens. Uh, but I'm, I, I think it's going to be very positive, uh, especially with like um, seeing what happens with the NBA, because there's players like Spencer Dinwiddie, who's very involved with cryptocurrency himself. Uh, and, you know, uh, helping uh, enable players and more uh, literacy, financial literacy and just being their own boss and understanding ownership and equity and stuff like that. So this is one big step, one big step for, for mankind. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, that's right. That is one big step for mankind. And, you know, um, I just want to do add like, so this is something new that the CBL is introducing. And they already they actually already have one player who's actually committed to like, you know, actually receiving a portion of their salary. In hey. So his name's Kimbo McKenzie. He's a guard for the Guelph uh, Nighthawks. He's from Oakville, Ontario. So he's the first player under this new program. So he's the one that's taking that that big step for mankind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, you spoke on the international effects that this could have in terms of just you know how it could affect the NBA, the G League, the NFL, overseas, you know, soccer overseas, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. but, you know, I want to kind of bring it back home a little bit, right? Because we got to realize this, right? Like. The CBL, obviously, it's a Canadian league. And right now, they're probably like the top league right now that's in, in, in the world that's hiring, you know, youth sports athletes, right? Like their draft is, yeah. they draft youth sports players, youth sports basketball players, right? Uh, so if you look, I, I don't even know the stats, but I would assume right now that the, the CBL probably has the most amount of youth sports players out of any league in the world, which is a great thing, Canadi creating Canadian jobs, yeah. right? So now my thing is this. If you're a youth sports basketball player, right, you need to start learning about cryptocurrency. Whether you want to, what is it? Whether you That's want, true. yeah, wh whether you want to like get into crypto or not, right? You you probably do want to go pro if you're a youth sports basketball player. The CEBL is a Canadian league that is drafting youth sports players and creating Canadian jobs. And you know what? If you work hard, you might find yourself in the CEBL, right? Which means you, might, as a player, you might have your agent say, hey. This is the first contract they have for you, the cash contract. And this is the second contract they have for you, the crypto yeah. contract, the Bitcoin contract, right? And, and you see, like, if you don't know anything about Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, then you know what? You're just going to take the crash contract, right? Yeah. So 
what are your thoughts on like now how Canadian athletes should, you know, start approaching crypto education now that, you know, realistically it could become, you know, an actual payment option, a salary option for them when they become professionals? Oh, for sure. Like, I think one of the biggest things that you, that you can you can do, especially is just like we talked about it earlier, is just educating and equipping yourself with at least understanding uh, how uh, our money is basically being devalued, like our cat, our, our, our fiat currency, Canadian dollars being devalued. And you have an asset such as Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, which is doing the opposite. It's actually gaining in value over time as more people adopt its network. So think of uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency as so if, as Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, for example, are all social networks and they have a social network effect where the more people that got onto the social network, they introduced their friends to the social network, who then introduced their friends and so forth and so forth. And then it started to add more value as the network got bigger. Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is the same thing, but just on a monetary scale. So the whole thing of volatility that's, that worries a lot of people, the only reason why that's a thing is because it's still early technology. And if you let go of the short-term mindset and look at the long-term, it's easier to understand the value of cryptocurrency uh, in the sense of like, it's a appreciating asset over time. So I would definitely like, if it was me personally, like uh, I, I, I'm a little bit more radical on my position. If it was me personally, I would not be accepting any cash uh, on, on my con my contract would be probably uh, 90, 10, like 90% crypto, 10% fiat. The only reason why I say that is because um, I would just want the amount of money that I need to, for my living expenses in, in Canadian dollars just to pay there. And then I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine having that, that money appreciate in value because now uh, you can enter the world of cryptocurrency where uh, you can uh, collect basically interest on your, uh, you can collect interest on your cryptocurrency through a process called staking, which is basically crypto dividends. And then your money is making you more money and you're getting paid twice. So it does, and you don't even have to worry about the taxes twice, like how you have or how you would how you would if you got paid in fiat Canadian dollars and then converted to crypto and then converted back out. So uh, there's plenty of advantages tax wise. Not only can you reduce your taxes because now it's business income <laughs> if you're if you're if you list yourself as an entity there, or um, or as well like uh, you can look at it from an aspect of you're uh you're increasing your purchasing power long term because um our regular fiat currency is basically uh if i were to compare it it would basically be like leaving a ice cube out in the in the hot sun so what would happen in there right you would you're, it would melt right so would you want to do that with your money i don't i don't really think so so um i would go to a, an asset where i know uh i'm, I'm it, it's like planting a seed and the only thing that can happen is more, more, more trees can grow. So that's how I perceive it. So first things first, definitely understanding what Bitcoin is, the role it plays, uh, understanding monet modern monetary theory uh, and how fiat currency plays a role in that. So uh, once you break down those two things and you know change your perspective about money, then uh, it'll be easier to see what would be a more viable option for you long-term, maybe not short-term, but long-term. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, the more, the moral of this is just, listen, like, again, I'm going back to it, do your research, right? Like I said, even if you don't want to go down that crypto path, as long as like, it's good to have the knowledge, right? Make an educated decision. If you're going to say no, yeah. let it be an educated no, right? Don't let it be a fearful no. Right. I think a lot of people are in the fearful no section. Right. So if you're going to say no, let it be educational. No. And if you're going to say yes, educational. Yes. Right. Um, but yeah, Aaron, listen, bro, like obviously this concludes the episode, but I want to say thank you so much for taking your time. People don't even know this right now. It's 1030 p.m. And <laughs> it's 1030 p.m. And the, the Nets and the Bucks are in game seven right now right now in the third quarter probably going into the fourth quarter and you're taking your time right here to sit down with me right so i'm appreciative of that yeah. like real bro i'm grateful um and i'm 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 sure that the people listening are grateful as well because you spit a lot of knowledge bro so thank you so much thank you once again for bringing me on and i appreciate that 
And like, man, anytime, you know, like uh, once again, guys, like I'm always here. I'm open, always. I'm an open book. I live my life like an open book. I, I, I'm here to help. And at the end of the day, like, you know, uh, I want people to win. It's just like, hey, are you going to take the chance? You know what I mean? Are you going to take take the take up and do your part? I'm going to I'm going to be able to throw the ladder down. You know what I mean? And, and give the education and give the knowledge uh, and, and hopefully, you know, people take it. They climb up the ladder <laughs> and then uh, just, you know, just help themselves out. So uh, I, I'm, I'm all about helping people, uh, helping people there. And I just want to see people, you know, achieve their life goals. At the end of the day, we all have different visions for what we want to do for ourselves. And I just want to, you know, be a resource to help people, you know, find out how they can help themselves in that area of finance and cryptocurrency and just figure it out so that they can, you know, make their things, make their dreams a reality. So thank you once again for bringing me on. Uh, I'm probably definitely going to catch this game after that. Like, you know, we're going to have to rerun, rerun the highlights, but it's okay. Um, it, I, I appreciated doing this a, a lot more. I love doing things like this. So uh, anytime, uh, I'm grateful to be on, man. Hey, three questions just came to my mind. Three questions. Three yeah. questions. Real quick. Who's winning the NBA championship this year? Man. Okay. If uh, it, it, I'm just, I'm upset about the injuries, but in a perfect world, uh, in, in, in no, in reality, the Nets are winning. Let's keep it honest. But in the perfect world, I, I want CP, CP, and the and, and Phoenix yep. to win. Yeah, uh, I want CP and Phoenix to win. Uh, truthfully, truthfully speaking, I'm shocked that the Clippers actually beat the Jazz. Uh, yes, I'm shocked. Um, I'm shocked. I, I, don't, I don't know how. I don't know how they blew that lead, but wow. I guess uh, this is Paul Paul George redemption story is uh, it, it's it's really coming back now. So I gotta. I got to give my round of applause like where I can because, hey, man, like he, he's, he's been doing his part. But uh, in a perfect world, uh, in a perfect world, ideal world, CP and, and Phoenix. But reality, it's going to be the Nets. Well, damn, I guess we ain't living in reality. The Nets lost game seven to the Bucks, but it was close. KD had a game of his life. All right. He dropped almost 50, 50. All right. And he almost hit a game winner. At the buzzer in the fourth quarter but his big foot his sandwich length foot <laughs> was on the three-point line but it's okay it's okay the milwaukee bucks are gonna face the atlanta hawks why because the philadelphia 76ers have built their franchise around a 611 point guard who plays phenomenal defense and gets comparisons to LeBron from my boy Stephen A. Smith, but can't shoot the ball for his life, can't shoot the free throw for his life, and is actually a liability on the floor in the fourth quarter. Yes, Ben Simmons is a liability, and the Philadelphia 76ers will never be able to win a championship with Ben Simmons. Trade Ben Simmons. Just don't trade him to the Toronto Raptors. Leave my Raptors alone. We don't need him in the North. It's all good. Anyways, back to the podcast. Like honestly speaking, yeah, I'm with you. On I don't that. know who could be these guys. I'm with you on that one. Okay, next question. Next question. Where do the Raptors finish next season? Man, all right. I'm gonna give you what my heart tells me, and I'm gonna tell you what my mind tells me. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be. I gotta be real. All right, yo, my heart tells me. All right, we're coming for that fourth, fifth seed. That's what my heart tells me. Fourth, fifth seed. But reality, I don't know, man. Like we're still very young. The East is actually still very good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give us like seven, seven to eight seed. Uh, I would like to see like, hey, if we don't make another, if we don't make a move for uh, a free agent or even trade for 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 a situation to kind of like improve our situation. Um, honestly, I'd I'd rather see us out of the playoffs only because let's just keep collecting those draft picks. If we're gonna sit around seven, eight, this. Let's keep collecting those draft picks or whatever. But if we're four or five, then we're competing. You know what I mean? So that's how I feel about it. But uh, I think my heart would say, you know, four or five. But my mind tells me I'd rather I'd rather say borderline, uh, basically playing, playing tournament, playing tournament. That's yeah. what I'd say with my mind, playing tournament. I'm with you on that one. I, like in my in my heart, I say, listen, I think we're uh, I think we're a top four in the East. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a super yeah. perfect. On a good, good day, we're a top four team in the East, you know, but um, especially with mm -hmm. Kyle Lowry potentially leaving, I think he's going to leave, to be honest. If he stayed, yeah. I'd be surprised. You know what I'm saying? But I see him out of here. We have great young pieces, but listen, I would rather just continue stocking up on those draft picks. Like, listen, right now we got a chance for number one. 
right? We don't have a high, yeah. high defense, but listen, if we could get number one, get Kay Cunningham, it's a whole different show, right? I'm, we'll get into that later, but you know, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. All right, hold up. Okay, last question. I was yeah. gonna go. I was gonna go. I was gonna go. Uh, another basketball question. I was gonna go. Who you think's the go? MJ or LeBron? But we already know MJ's the go. You see what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> hold up. I wanna. I wanna go. I wanna go football question. All right, because obviously you're a former OUA football player. All right. I don't know if yep. you keep OUA football. Obviously, persevere. We keep OUA football. U sports football. Everything. But I want to know right now. Yates Cup. 2021 you're putting your money down who are you putting your money on to win the yates cup in 2021 Ooh. Mm. this is a tough one especially the way they broke apart the divisions now and how they're kind of doing like half and half like uh where they're not having anyone do overnight chunks so the schedule is going to be kind of funny what if i if i were to pick Ooh, with everyone coming back, honestly, I'm going I know who I'm gonna pick because I want I want the other side to prove me wrong. I'm gonna pick Guelph and I want I want my alma mater to prove me wrong. I want them, I want UW to prove me wrong. I'm picking Guelph and I want those guys to prove me wrong. So you're picking Guelph. You're picking Guelph to win the eighth cup. I'm picking Guelph to win the eighth cup. And you want Waterloo to come and prove you wrong. Yeah. What about what about McMaster? What about Western? What's up? What's up with that? Western, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Western was gonna be one of my first choice, but I'm picking a, I'm picking a wild card team. I'm picking a dark horse. I'm picking a dark horse Guelph. Uh Hamilton. Uh I, I well for McMaster, I haven't really kept up with the roster, so I wouldn't really know uh, how to speak on it there. Uh, but like Western definitely would have been like, you know. Uh, my first choice, but I'm going to go with the dark horse, honestly speaking. I want to see what the other teams have to offer this year. I really, I really think it's going to be very competitive this year, especially because shorter, shorter season, uh, there's going to be more competitive battle, competitive battles there. And at the end of the day, like, Hey, you know what I mean? This is a, this is an open season. So anything can happen as much as we can say, like, you know, the logical thing to go would be pick Western, but I'm going to pick a, a, a dark horse team out of there. We're going to go with Guelph. I hope Guadalupe uh, can prove me wrong, like I said, but uh, I'm that's that's who I'm riding with. So, listen, one of my new favorite sayings is gonna be this. All right, there's three things in life that are for sure. Okay, death, taxes, and Trey Ford rushing for two fifty on your ass. You see what I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Those are three things in life that are for sure. Death, yep. tax, and Trey Ford rushing for 250. All right. It's hard to bet against Trey Ford. I ain't gonna give my prediction because you know what? We're gonna get to that later on when the season comes it's up. It's hard, bro. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, but hey, he's he's a human highlight reel, man. Like that's what I said. I, hey, I want him to prove me wrong, but you know, gotta prove me wrong, right? And we're gonna we're gonna use that as motivation. <laughs> I, I think I think there's tons of there's tons of there's tons of uh, of athletes on the roster to make it happen. So it's just hey, gotta make it happen, right? At the end of the day, football is not played played on the paper. It's played it's played in between the lines. So let's see who's got who who wants it who wants it bad enough this year. There's gonna be tons of competition this year, uh, it's, especially with the season uh, coming in tight. So. Who, who knows, man? Like, I think the OUA, truthfully, out of all of the leagues, that's the most wide open league uh, between all of the, the conference in there. Like everything, everything else, we kind of have an idea who's who's pretty much going to be in, in in their in their finals there. So it doesn't. It, it, I, it, other than other than that, it's just the OUA pretty open. So you could you could throw a, a dart out, and it could be anyone, man. Listen, I'm just hoping that York does something because, listen, man, York living across the street from York. They ain't been doing nothing. I'm trying to go some playoff football across the street from my crib. You see, I'm yeah. They need to. I'm going to be on York all season long. I'm going to be buying season tickets to York games, spending my money, yep. supporting the program. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be a booster one day. They better they better repay those dividends, bro. I want, some <laughs> <laughs> I want some royalties in the form of some wins, man. York, listen up, man. I'm going to call out York every time I talk. York and U of T, get together, man. You can't have no playoff football in Toronto best that's the best market in the OUA come on get it together now get it together but yo Be best market some of the best facilities there you it's go gotta, the football intensity has to match it listen, so. you, you gotta listen when, during the regular season man you gotta come with me to a York game because listen right across the street 
they're doing construction on um, the Pan Am Stadium, right? So yep. They had the Pan Am Games, and they're putting in this turf field, like for for the football team. And it looks crazy, and I'm like, damn, like it's gonna be like the best facility in the OUA, in my opinion. You see what I'm saying? So you gotta come down for a game. We gotta watch one of those games together, man, for sure. Yeah. Can you come check it out? The season starts when, like, uh, mid September now? I don't know. They never, they never said exactly when, but I'm assuming probably yeah. early mid September. So we'll see. Not bad, not bad. It's gonna be exciting season. But yo, I'm gonna officially end this podcast and then we'll talk offline. You see what I'm saying? Anyways, for sure. <laughs> AC, give your at one more time to the people. Give your at one more time to the people. All right. So uh, once again, guys, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Culturepreneur. So that's C U L T U R. It's T U R number three <coughs> sorry uh p-r-e-n-e-u-r culturepreneur at, and, and that's on instagram and uh and twitter and then on uh tiktok you can find me at culturepreneur but instead of the three it's going to be the e so that's where you can find me there you guys can reach out to me follow me uh ask me any questions you might have and i'll, I'll make sure to get back to you guys there on those questions so yeah, if you enjoy, uh, you know, this financial literacy talks, uh, a little bit of motivation, uh, just like entrepreneurship talks and just transitioning over to that aspect there, uh, give me a follow. And uh, yeah, definitely be able to share some insights, some some game with you guys as we go along. Also, side note, on your Instagram, you go on live pretty often and you'll like have sessions where people can sit in, you'll talk about some stuff, they can ask questions really insightful. You see what I'm saying? So give it a, give it a shot at Coachpreneur on IG, sit in on one of his um, IG lives, talk with him, ask questions, all that stuff. It's good for real. Yeah. And, and I just remembered, so uh, it, just starting uh, on uh, Wednesday, June 23rd, uh, I'm going to be starting like a set uh, uh, live schedule on there. So you can catch me Wednesdays. Those will be my, my set Q and A days. Uh, and then uh, in the link in my bio on, on social media, you'll be able to access my private Discord. And on there, uh, we give like, uh, that's where we get a lot of the market information before, uh, before ahead of hand. So the people who are really tuned in, uh, we give them some game there. Private live stream uh, focuses more strictly on like education there. And those are, would be on uh, the Sundays. And yeah, it, it, the link to all of that will be in my bio and also check out my page. I'll have my schedule up as well too, so. Awesome, Aaron. Awesome, bro. Thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. Love you, bro. Love you too, brother. Thank you for once again for bringing me on here. Appreciate hey. that. Yo, you made it to the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Persevere podcast. Really appreciate you. If you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at persevere underscore. Follow us on Twitter at Persevere underscore and keep up with our weekly news updates on LinkedIn at Persevere. And if you haven't already, even hit up Persevere.com. We've got some pretty great content coming out. Stay up to date with everything Persevere. 2021 season is going to be special. So keep up to date with everything we got coming out. Until next time, no stress, stay blessed. We out.